Welcome to the JMS Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We have uh, Marty Murillo, a musician, come in, and we had a good talk. Um, and he played a great song at the end. Uh, the song that's going to be played at the intro before the uh, the conversation is by him. It's called Fences, and it's a, it's a pretty good song. And uh, thank you for listening in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, whether you're listening from iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, or from any other app, it's awesome having you guys here. It's awesome. And uh, don't forget, please check out the Facebook page. Uh, if you're from the local community here, let people know about this podcast. I would love to have as many artists here as possible. And if you're not from the community but you enjoy this podcast, hey, keep tuning in. I really appreciate it. And again, if you want to contact me for any reason, just email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. I'll say it again, jmspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I do have an Instagram. I'll be, I should be u- utilizing for this podcast more. It's You can just find me at jmssanchez25 on Instagram. Uh, check out my pics. I have pictures of guests on Facebook. I have pictures of guests as well and stuff like that. Marty Murillo, uh, it's a good time to have him here because me and him, we both have a show. Well, we're both on the same ticket of a show. That's right. This Saturday, the September 12th, the September 12th, September 12th at Cafe Friscati, it is a Time Will Decide uh, show. It's free. Show starts at 8 o'clock. And um, me, I'll be playing some music for you guys. Marty Murillo, who you're about to listen to, is also going to be playing some music there. And if you enjoy both of our musics, and then you should come by and check it out. We have a great lineup. Uh, we have Clay Moon. Uh, Clay Moon, uh, that's Diane's uh, band, and she is awesome. Great music. And uh, again, time to decide. They're my friends, but even if they were not my friends, they have a great sound to them. Worth checking out. So, September 12th, Cafe Friscati. It's free. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Even if you don't like your family, bring them out. And uh, while we having good fun. While we having good fun. That's right. All right. Let's go on with this uh, conversation. And here's Fences by Marty Murillo. Play the music, Maestro. See you alright. 
have a little less range when you, you're not hydrated. I don't know what it is. You know, I guess it needs to be kind of... So you can't you really know. sing with... Uh, I mean, anybody can sing no matter what or whatever. Like, But, but, like, but, but with water, you, you kind of lose some, lose a little bit, you know? Not to say I'm great in any way, but, you know, it's just funny that at some point you just lose some of it, you know? So you recommend people to drink water before they, they perform? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure even comedians, I'm sure just to get the flow of, like... There's a certain dexterity to your vocal cords, I think, when you have water, you know. Yeah, you know, well, the thing with comedians, they do drink a lot of water uh, before doing stand-up, yeah. but a lot of it has to do with them not being able to afford to buy anything at the bar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah. oh, just, exactly. Give me, just give me some water. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. so, like, like, uh, like uh, Scotch? I think, no, I can't, no. So, so involuntarily, them being yeah. broke. Ten-year-old whiskey? I can't do that. Too, Sorry, you know. Is it their own? No, it's okay. It's in the favor of their, yeah. of their voice. Uh, tap? Yeah, I can do tap. I can do tap water. But I heard of of musicians having certain uh, concoctions. They they drink, like, they, they mix yeah, tea. Yeah, tea. Um, I hear about that stuff. I with really, lemon Sometimes I do. My mom's really good at that. You know, moms sure? are always supportive. And uh, my mom, she'll give me, like, a ginger tea thing. It's like some probably filipino remedy or something because she's she has all that stuff you know moms especially of you know kind of other cultures they have all these remedies that are just amazing and i feel like it works maybe it's just placebo you never know right you know <laughs> you know like my, she, she tells you the this, mind is a strong thing so but you know like she tells you this yeah. specifically for your voice yeah. me or son yeah exactly <laughs> i'm not that kind of <laughs> but but yeah so yeah she'll say yeah this will help and so you know i, I don't know if there's monkey poop in it i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure but yeah you know normally it's just like a ginger tea she makes that's kind of a tradition it's called a uh, salabat i think for in, in tagalog or something and it's like a ginger tea she'll make that for me when i my voice gets tired or whatever she's like it's gonna help you and uh, she's a big supporter obviously you know i'm you know and i think in a lot of i think uh, asian latino kind of communities or whatever right the family is just a big part and you know they're you're usually your biggest cheerleaders often right so yeah yeah uh, although my family can be a little deceiving uh <laughs> a little off and on <laughs> yeah like for the most part they come off as not supportive like get a real <laughs> job like, or you're like or you're they say time. that on the outside but on right. the inside i know they really care yeah. right <laughs> but, <laughs> but then when i tell them they have an upcoming show they're there yeah that's cool so it's like if they really didn't support me, they wouldn't be there. So it's like in some sense. Then again, part of the, I'm not sure about Filipino culture, but in Latino cultures in some places, it's like you gotta pretend like you don't like it, like like. You, you, but then you really do, but you gotta hide it because that's a sh- to to appreciate someone like that. It's a sh- it's a uh, signal of of weakness, possibly. Yeah, I mean, in, in Asian culture too. I mean, obviously, there's the big stereotype to Asian, you know, tiger mom and all that stuff, right? <laughs> so I think uh, I think in Asian culture too, there's a little bit of like you got to do things, uh, you know, the right way, right? Uh-huh. So you have to get the regular career and all that stuff and pursue that the normal goals and stuff. And there's a lot of pressure. Like it, sometimes I'll have a conversation with my brother. I'm not going to name him, which I have a couple brothers. But, you know, and he'll like, oh, what are you doing with your life kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, I think some people would find that hard to take. But in if you know kind of Asian culture, if you know your family, uh, it's kind of, it's it's part of it, you know? It's kind of part of the fun, 
um, you know, and part of the struggle. Because it's always good also to question what you're doing and to have a little bit of that energy too. Um, not to be ruled by doubt, but to have always a kind of a healthy level of doubt, I think. And like, like staying on your toes, pretty much. Yeah. Don't yeah. get too comfortable and no, also don't no. don't doubt yourself That's, too much. You got to stay on your toes and have enough confidence to, to go after what you want to go for. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's funny. Somebody asked me the other day, like, you know, because I'm a film uh, major. Mm-hmm. I'm a film student. And they asked me, uh, once I graduate, what am I going to do with that? And it's like, and so honestly, I, I don't know where the road's going to take me. But at the end of the day, I know I'll be writing something. And so I'll be happy, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the best paying job in the world. But if I'm doing what I like, I'm doing, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, that really tails into my kind of story because, um, you know, in my, my life, um, I, I had a really good job. I mean, relatively speaking, I used to live in Orange County and I was a, a CIO of a medical billing company. It's just a small place, but I was uh, making a, a CIO is the chief information officer. So okay. it was a, like a head IT manager, basically, but on a kind of a more we were a corporation. So it was a little bit bigger deal. I mean, it's still a small company and not it wasn't like a huge company, but you know, uh, I was able to get to that position and it was a great title. And, uh, I was even making like 70 K at the time. So it was good money. It was, it was all things were good, but you know, you can have like, so I was talking about Asians and how we, uh, we have a kind of a, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. And in a way, like I was doing everything I was supposed to do. So I had the career, I had a, I even had a condo and stuff. And, you know, I kind of was on that path and, (laughs) and it still wasn't something I think inside still was not happy because I was, I mean, I'm still fat, but like I was even more <laughs> overweight. I was like 280 pounds at the time and I'm only like five, seven. So it's nuts, right. To be like 300 pounds almost and, and, uh, five, seven. So yeah. And, uh, I was not, I was just killing myself because like I was working 10 to 12 hours a day, sometimes working reports and just sitting in a dark room. You know, that's kind of what my life was, uh, previously. And uh, I ended up losing vision in one eye. I got these headaches, you know. And I, if I can tell anybody anything, like, if you get headaches, go to the doctor. It's just, you know, don't, you know, I think guys, a lot of time we try to ignore uh, pain and stuff like that. And like, you know, because you're supposed to man up, right? But uh, what kind that's of headaches not... were these? Were these like massive migraines? Yeah, like, it would be a lot of pressure and sometimes migraines. So I've kind of always, I've always had a lot of high pressure, high stress because, even college, I was kind of a high achiever person. I always wanted to do a lot of stuff. And uh, so I'd always get headaches, but I think they were just more chronic at this job. And I kind of ignored it because I had so much to do. And eventually I went to the doctor one day and uh, they said, um, we think you can't see from this eye basically. And I was like, what? <laughs> was it like from glaucoma? It was glaucoma. It was yeah. glaucoma. And uh, it was very strange because I, you know, I'm also a positive person, so I think my brain kind of pretended to fill in information for me. So one side couldn't see, but I think I was always kind of creating that side. So I never really noticed. It was very strange. Well, it's funny you say that because the body will adjust. You yeah. know, like the person who's like a deaf yeah. would adjust their vision. The vision's great. Or the person who's blind, their hearing yeah. gets adjusted to people accommodate. Say, people say that about me too because they say my hearing's great or whatever. And I don't know. It's weird. 
I'm, yeah. you know, in music, so maybe it's true. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I think I'm thinking I'm losing a little bit of vision on my oh, left so eye. Get it checked so out, man. I do. Get it, get it checked out. But that's my biggest fear is to no, have it confirmed. Get, get it checked out. <laughs> no, your biggest fear is losing the vision. Believe me. Uh, yeah, you may say my biggest fear is, oh, getting the diagnosis. The diagnosis is not the problem. It's, oh, it's untreatable. Your nerve damage is, too, like, that's basically what happened to me. Your optic nerve is shot, right? Right. So you can't get it back. I mean, unless in 50 years there's, tech, you know, robotic stuff or nano nanites or something, you know, but otherwise than that, you know, I, unless I get a sci-fi eye or something, then I'm done, you know. Oh, like a bionic uh, eye Yeah, exactly. Something? Yeah. Terminator stuff. Going on, you know? <laughs> well, is, what is it caused by, do you think? Is it, is it stress or is it something that just happens? Well, I, that's the hard thing is like, um, I think some of it was maybe so just staring at a computer for eight, 10 hours a day. Uh, and not that that's a bad thing, but I think you need to have some kind of measured way of doing that. You know, I'm sure everyone can do that, but you need to like not look at a computer or just do something else sometimes. Or, and also just again, the I had chronic headaches for you know like off and on, almost every, every couple of days at that period of my life. So when you're getting that, and I was just stuffing it with Tylenol and Motrin or whatever I had in the house, you know, anything, painkillers, whiskey, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever I had on hand to medicate that issue, I would do it, right? And that's not a good approach. You need to get, if you're getting headaches, you know, get medical attention uh, before it's too late, like in my case. So, you know, beyond anything else, that's something I want to tell people who are listening to this, like, don't ignore you know, just just at least get it checked out because the diagnosis is not worse than actually getting kind of something and losing something permanently. You yeah. Know, so so d- during this miserable phase of you getting a high paid job, but it doesn't seem like a job that you were too happy about. Yeah. Because oh, they might be watching some of these people and like I just want to or listening and I just want to make sure I like I, I like a lot of the people there and I the company gave me a great opportunity. So I'm not kind of crapping on the company and and it uh-huh. was it was good and everything. And I'm not saying it was a bad experience, but you know, just, the way you throw yourself into something right. and 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 it's and you're not happy about it, too, in terms of the it's not really the career I wanted. You know, it's a career that everybody wanted for me. Were you playing music at this time? No. So I didn't play any music at that time. I, you know, I kind of would sing along with tracks in cars and you know, like everyone does, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that's my first kind of experience with music is just singing along with tracks like everybody, I think. Uh, and I love music, obviously, but um, so I never had an inkling that I could even be a musician. It was very far from it at that time. How do you take the jump from having that stable <laughs> job to not doing music? Well, you take the jump when uh, you lose your vision. <laughs> and, so so you, you, you had to step down. Yeah, I lost my vision and I just, you know, that kind of life event makes you question everything. Again, that kind of healthy doubt. And I was so certain that I wanted to be some kind of corporate person and successful and, you know, I won 200K job or, you know, something crazy. I would would love to live over here in Cupertino or something and get one of those Apple jobs or something, right? So uh, that was kind of the dream before, but it was kind of like you realize that that's a dream that everybody else gives you, right? So society gives you that dream of the best job, the highest title, right? Yeah, it's like a social construct job, right? Yeah. It's like family, society, everything, right? So we and even internally, right? So we look at all that stuff and then we start to internalize it and say, "Okay, this is what I want." When when you step back, you're like you're not really happy. I'm again, I'm like eating like crazy and trying to all just trying to medicate pain, you know, that's that's kind of underneath it, you know. And I was totally isolated person you know 
So I'm still a very shy, withdrawn person. We, we Sometimes we see it for Scotty. And I just don't talk to people because I have a difficult time just talking to people unless they talk to me. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so yeah, I still have a difficult time with that. But before it was even worse. I wouldn't even go outside kind of thing. So now I'm trying to, with this music thing, trying to get out and talk to people and stuff. But yeah, that's that's how you make the switch is like you you kind of realize you're not really happy. You know, you kind of have to assess, are you really happy in your life? Is this something that makes you happy? And of course, we all have to do jobs that don't make us happy. But even if you if you do have to have that and make that sacrifice, find time to do something that you do. You find some joy in. You know, I think that's the most important thing is that whether it's just a hobby or something else, you know, you have to find time for something you love, or it's family, right? So I have brothers and who love family. You know, they just love their family. They and they have they. You know they're frustrated by their job, but they come home, and family is that place where they feel like they're nurturing something beautiful. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that's what we lose in our modern life because we're so chasing the, the kind of the the nut, right? We're chasing the money, we're chasing this kind of abstract concept when we have to understand, you know, how do you find that thing you love? You know, do you feel because we're we're so infatuated of chasing the money that people are having less family or even smaller families? Um. Yeah. To some extent, I think to some extent too. I mean, that's true. Uh, but I think there's also, you look in modern any kind of modern society. Generally speaking, people will have less kids or maybe no kids, because I think the pressure to have a family. You know, when if you look at agrarian societies in the past, right? These societies had like tons of kids because basically you need labor, right? <laughs> you need you know if you have a huge farm acreages you need labor as a small farmer right so you have kids kind of to help you with that process but in the modern life you know in a practical sense kids are are in a practical sense i think zach said this on your podcast but they're kind of just an expense you know and i'm not even like a burden yeah in in a purely practical sense they don't really make sense right but from an emotional standpoint that's what i'm saying from an emotional standpoint that's maybe where you find value in it so but it depends. You got to be there, right? You know, if you so, for example, just as much as a money and a good job can be a social construct, right? So can family, right? So so can the idea like, oh, hey, you need to have two point five kids, a beautiful wife or husband or whatever, right? Yeah. These are constructs too, right? Society you see in movies, you see romantic comedy, and you're like, oh man, I need to fall in love. I need to find it. So these are also constructs that we have to deal with, and we have to peel back. Is that what you have to identify? What do you want? That's the question you have to wake up every day and answer. What do you want? Who do you want to be, right? And the more precisely, the more kind of accurately that feels for you, and I'm not even saying that there's a true self, but the more you can really answer that for yourself, the better off, I think, the healthier you're going to be overall. If that makes sense. I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I <laughs> I'm kind of getting all no, ranty here. I don't know. No, 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 but I see your perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I understand it. I mean, it's it's... Especially now in the U.S., consider the economy where people are picking up not just one career, but like a couple careers along yeah. the way. Yeah. And that time and dedication just to make enough money to make a living. Exactly, yeah. And on, t- on top of that, you got to support uh, children. And, and yeah. then what kind of future are they to get, get themselves to? It's like, Definitely. I don't know, you know, there's people that want families and there's people that don't. And I don't know. Here in Silicon Valley, it's... What's well, funny, because I, I read an uh, a article that said that, yeah, you know, for some reason, there's this uh, fear of overpopulation. Mm-hmm. But the but 
what people are not considering is that people are having less kids. So it's like in some ways it's balancing out regardless. Yeah. You know, and I think people are like worried about the, the food sources and stuff like that. If it's overpopulated, you know, a, a lot of people are pointing fingers in, at China because China has such a huge population yeah. and they're and they're going after the money to the point where they're going to start their diets are going to change and they're going to want more. Well, like I'm saying, like in all kind of modern industrialized places, you know, birth rates go down it's kind of natural as as inc- uh, incomes and kind of uh, social standing for the general population increases they're generally they stop having kids and you look at japan right i think they have a more increasing uh, elder population compared to other places that's their problem actually right now well the but, biggest problem japan is not allowing immigrants in to fill in those yeah. roles needed yeah that's true to, uh, yeah they're very uh, xenophobic, uh, yeah. you know, similar to us in ways, right, in America. But uh, well, yeah. a little worse, considering they're actually pulling off immigrants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a, because of it, they're having here we such, just a, have such, such a boom of elder population. Pretty soon, the, uh, maybe maybe that's the reason Japan is so infatuated with robots, because maybe yeah. that's who they rather <laughs> they have take workers. care of their country, exactly. yeah. while everybody else is like dying from old age. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, here, here we just have candidates that uh, you know propose those kind of things, right? You know, <laughs> uh, dude, uh, this whole this whole political theater in the United States—it's it, come to a point where it's more entertainment than it is about uh, real stuff that matters to the country. If that makes yeah. sense, it's like you know, and it's funny. I was listening to someone having a conversation that Trump. Mm-hmm. Is a byproduct of our culture. Yeah. You know, this whole time we've been uh, programmed to like someone like him because of, of the characters that are on TV and on yeah. film. Is these people who, who cut through the bullshit and just speak, <laughs> exactly. you know, quote unquote, exactly. speak their yeah. mind. Exactly. Yeah. And they're saying that people, you know, and because of that, people, you know, like, oh, you know, he's an asshole, but he's a likable, you know, because I respect where yeah. he's coming from. So it's like, Pretty much, pretty soon, if this keeps going, this will be a hard time distinguishing between uh, political debates and WWE wrestling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, these, yeah. these characters yeah. are so extreme. Exactly. And, and it's like, and for me, that's scary because. Yeah, is it, it, is it John it, Cena or is it Donald Trump? Yeah. <laughs> well, people's lives are on the line. You know, w- yeah. whether you hate politics, whether you love politics, whether you hate voting or you don't like voting, well, yeah. does it, there's it, real. That's what I'm saying. There's real consequence it, to yeah. the issues. Yeah. Right? It, it, yeah. It, it doesn't matter if you just choose to live off the grid. It doesn't matter if if you're one of these people who are sovereign citizens. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, there's a governing body that that will have influence in the way you live. Mm-hmm. Either in a big way or in a small way, so I think you know. I feel it's not something you could just simply ignore by saying I'm not going to vote or like, oh, oh that's the worst thing. Oh, or or say you know, yeah. oh yeah, well it's a fucked up system anyway, so why should I even try? Yeah, it's like it's the worst thing you can do. You gotta yeah. try something either. No, on, because if if you have, especially if you have that critical presence of mind to say this is not the way it should be, well, it's not going to change. If you, I mean, I'm not saying that anybody can do something on their own, obviously. But like, you know, you have to get involved to some degree, at least be part of the dialogue, at least, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, and, and vote at least, you know. Well, you I think. think people should at least uh, concentrate more in their local communities uh, because true. think about yeah. it, the United States 
is a pretty fucking country and to be honest with you i'm surprised we sur- we even su- are surviving this long uh being u- <laughs> you know quote unquote united as we are <laughs> it is because people love to compare uh europe and the united states but yeah. it's like europe is an entire continent filled with other countries yeah yeah united states is one country which deep inside is actually multiple countries because people depending on what part of the u.s you have different values different cultures <laughs> some of them even say different languages and dialects so w- what i'm saying is uh, you know, I'm not surprised that we have a hard time agreeing with something, you know, yeah, as a country because we're so diverse from different backgrounds that, that no matter what, there's going to be disagreement on the other side. Yeah. Now, where you can make a difference is in your local government. Yeah. You know, whether it's your city, whether it's your county, whether it's your state. And I think that, like you said, if you open a dialogue, your influence is more, you know, uh, valuable there, I feel. Yeah, and it's it's like that saying. It's like you know, it's like uh, do what's necessary, then do what's possible. I, before you know it, you do the impossible. It's like people will be inspired by you, and hopefully, it's contagious and all that sh- shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of the person that like I feel I really feel like that your level of of uh, engagement in the community or in the world um, is all dependent on. I think you should everyone should do it, but it's dependent on what what you can do. What are your strong suits and whatever. Like even for me, um, for me, I think it's through creativity, through arts or whatever. Uh, I want to have a voice that way. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a good activist. I'm not good at that stuff. I'm not, I don't like conflict, you know? <laughs> so, but I, well, but I do like expressing myself and my views. I have that song, A Long Way to Go or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it kind of deals with the Charleston shooting. And um, yeah, that was the kind of the first political thing I've done. It's not even that political, but it's a song about coming together and I feel like that's kind of the central if you're talking about you're surprised about why America kind of stands together still because the powerful thing about America whether and even you know I'm a liberal person but liberal people like to hate on the American dream and how false it is and whatever but ultimately that's what binds everybody why did your parents come here why did my parents come here why did everybody's parents come here because that dream is a powerful why are people going to school yeah it's a powerful thing right it gives it motivates everyone to kind of aspire and hope is the most i mean why did obama get elected the first time that hope that that notion it's such a strong powerful thing in people's life it's why people believe in religion but in a way i think that's what keeps a nation together is hope in a kind of a central dream and i think america is singular in that kind of hopeful attitude uh, i think that's the most powerful thing america has to export to everybody well the american dream is even that is very subjective yeah so how do you define the american dream marty <laughs> yeah that's a hard question um well i you know i look at my parents and they they were people who came here from the philippines right they had nothing they had nothing um and you know it's not it's not even a pure uh easy immigrant story where they came here built from nothing they had to deal with challenges too it's not you know i don't i don't discount the 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 kind of the trouble that everyone has to deal with because my parents when they came here they were college educated in the philippines right but when they came here they they tried to apply for higher level jobs office jobs even you know just minimum like minimum not minimum wage but like a little bit entry level office jobs they couldn't get it you know because they came with accents right Mm -hmm. in the 70s 80s and they couldn't even get basic office jobs. So I don't discount discrimination and the problems that are systemic, right? I don't disagree with any of that stuff. But, you know, what is kind of true about conservatism is that there are ways, there's hope, you know, if 
you get the right breaks and you know you struggle there is still hope because my parents built from that from that discrimination they powered through they had to work in the fields right and even my brother uh two of my brothers had to work in the fields what kind of fields what are these like uh, uh we, so we used to live in delano right so where's, where's that i don't at? know you know so it's in the valley the kern uh, county valley uh and so great fields it was great fields. so it's tough work right you know yeah. the grapes are tough stuff uh by the way they're delicious there if you ever go to costco <laughs> just on a side note when you go to costco get look at the label look for delano grapes it'll change your life because they're freaking delicious uh-huh. they're crispy they're wonderful so side note my parents made those kind of grapes <laughs> they picked those and they struggled right but from there they got little advantages where maybe one of their coworkers would get a job or start a business or something like that and it helped them kind of kind of expand and get out and get better jobs right now now they're the retirement government workers but you know, they live to me the American dream, and then they put, you know, help put their kids to college and help put me through college and you know all that stuff. So to me, that's the American dream, right? I mean, yeah, there's Donald Trump or something, you know, the, that's an American dream too, just getting filthy rich. But I think you know what it is is like you getting here and doing more than you ever thought you could. I think that's gonna the kind of basic distillation of it, and being able to have give your kids a better life. And that's harder and harder these days, but I think that is the essence of it, you know. Mm-hmm. To and, me. and you mentioned earlier that uh, you engage the community by creativity. If you ask me, that's the best way. <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> it is non-conflict, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, uh, people are a lot more engaged seeing or hearing something, yeah. like, like music or whether it's some sort of entertainment than to hearing someone talk. I'm not saying yeah. people are not people talk. I mean, there's TED Talks, all that shit. Oh, yeah, that's great. But, I, love, I love TED Talks. <laughs> but, but why is Trump so influential? Because he's entertaining to watch. Yeah. So if... So, I mean, music- I mean I, even me, like, I watch the guy, and I'm not, again, a conservative person, but it, it's fun. Because you're right, it really does kind of, you know, ma- mirror a lot of our society and the Kardashian kind of world we live in, right? Exactly. Where it's just, like, about the media hype of something and you're just watching kind of exteriors of things, you know, and the feel of something, right? Yeah. And you're not looking at the substance. Most people don't look at the substance of something. And yeah, I mean, if you look at this policy, his policy is kind of uh, really strange. And I, I can't believe that someone, even a Republican, would suggest that because, you know, mass deportation of people would be, it's just not even a practical thing, right? So that's the policy. But nobody really looks at that because he's just tough. And people enjoy the exterior of that because people want to feel tough. They want to identify that way. You know, why do we like action movies that where there's this tough hero? You look at any kind of movie that the the all the archetypes are the same. You know, you look at something like or a show like Lost where you have, you know, Jack character who's a good guy and then Sawyer, a bad guy. Right. You look at I don't know True Blood or something or even Batman and Superman. Right. Batman's a tough guy. Superman is you know the nice guy right so you always have these kind of stereotypes running through society and uh i think there was this guy uh, obama's guy axelrod he said that you know with obama we had a thoughtful person and now we kind of want to go somewhere else you know right we kind of want to go something impulsive you know <laughs> and emotional you know so yeah it's really interesting that people don't really look at substance of things they look at the you know the kind of feel and uh, in fact that's why i think i hope that my music resonates because I mean, <laughs> because like I, I'm a person as a songwriter, like I'm a person who, who writes from emotion. You know, I write from that place. Uh, there's so many people, I, even at Frascati or other places where like they're better songwriters than me, 
maybe better singers or better guitarists but i know what i have to bring to the table if anything is i i always like to say like my music's like my heart on a table take it or leave it maybe you don't like it maybe you think it's too simple or too complex i don't know <laughs> like whatever your criticism of, but like you can't deny that i'm like putting my emotion out there and like it or not you know it's there you yeah. know well how can you compare your your songwriting i don't think because i have a hard to like because <laughs> I, when i songwrite mm-hmm. i feel like i come from a deep place as well yeah but and i and i, I don't know how i could like, compare my myself with others if anything i feel like i'm just like in the mediocre area you know what i'm saying well i mean there's uh, there's also i mean songwriting like anything right like any arts or or uh, comedy right i love comedy too it's craft it's all craft right so there's a certain level that it's just technical right and then from there it gets really subjective right so but there's a level of craft that you can see what people are doing so i can see when a song i mean uh, a lot of people say this but songwriting is often either more abstract or concrete right so either you're like really metaphoric and very kind of these images and stuff right so and beautiful stuff like um Simon Garfunkel stuff, right? You know, that stuff, uh, uh, Scarborough Fair or whatever. I mean, that stuff is so imagistic and powerfully evocative, you know, but on the other end, you have Dylan or something who's like, who's just kind of telling a very kind of sparse story to you and you feel like you're, he's just telling his life and, but still, it's kind of still reaching universally. So I think those are kind of two polars in a way of songwriting and that's the craft bit about it. And whether you like one or the other, mixture of the two whatever it is that's all that's the kind of subjective arena right so uh i haven't i i don't really remember lyrically your songs but uh i imagine you're you're probably more of a folk singer more of the or uh, you know kind of a blues folk and kind of like a more detail person right you like to tell about the, your life in a kind of really pinpoint way right is that your approach i'm not just saying <laughs> uh, I, I don't know it could be, could uh, be. <laughs> but what's your process in writing my my process in writing is uh is i you know the thing about music is it's music first for me because like uh i used to i was an english major uh-huh. in college and i my first creative so when i quit my job my first creative uh, approach and i still want to do this at some point but I want to write, like write uh, novels and fiction and stuff like that. I love writing. Um, but the problem with writing is because I've been schooled in it, right, is there's so much pressure uh, <laughs> that you put on yourself. I don't know right. if you got this, right? But no, you're laughing because I think no, you get it. I, I, I do yeah. get it. because it, it, You probably film, right? Yeah, you're either, film. And you're yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm not like that. Who's the guy who makes the Westerns? And the, who's that great guy, that great director? Oh, I forgot his name. Sergio Leone? Oh no! I th- he's an American guy, I think. Uh, Clint Eastwood. I, well, yeah, him too. But the past, he made the the um, John Wayne Western stuff. I mean, I think people always talk about him, and and they say he's great. Well, anyway, but you know, you may look at Spielberg or somebody else, Scorsese, and you're like, oh my god. And then you look at you something you shot that day, and you're like, this is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, what am I doing with my life? And that's basically me and writing. I, I tried to write fiction and whatever. Yeah. And at every turn, I was just knocking it down. Like, no, not good enough. No, not good enough. You know, come on. You read Faulkner. Come on. What is this? You know? And it's just like, it's a really painful, self-critical process. And for me, at least, some people actually can work creatively that way, get to something better. For me, I just get sheepish and like a little bit more sad every day until I want to drink. <laughs> you know, that's the where I go with that. So the interesting thing about music is I kind of, 
my my nephew uh, plays guitar and he kind of got me started on that. He's just like, hey, play, why don't you learn how to play this or whatever? So I just started learning simple chords or whatever. And that's why I'm saying that's what was important for me in music because there was no pressure on it. And maybe this is like this for you too. There's no pressure on it. There's no emotional pressure. It's just pure expression. So it first started with learning how to play the, the notes. And then the interesting thing about music is without words, without anything, notes, a minor chord makes you feel sad, a major chord makes you feel happy, right? Mm -hmm. These are kind of basic, fundamental, evocative things, provocative things that music does inherently, right? It's built into the, the sound. The sound makes you feel something. So I think I just go from there. And and it's like when you when I songwrite, you know, what are the chords making me feel? I always start with, I generally speak with a chord progression or some kind of a little riff I, I'm not good at soloing but something like that right so I start with the music first and wherever the music emotionally is taking me then I think of either my life or a story I can build around it and maybe the combination of the two mm -hmm. and the best songs I think for me at least are the ones that kind of marry those two in very interesting ways if I can do it and I'm not even saying I did it but like you know when I feel better about my songs it's because I feel like the 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 lyric and the melody is really hitting on the same cylinders, you know. But so. you you start with the melody first. Generally speaking, I mean, there are times where I've come up with lyrics, uh, but even that, when I come up with lyrics, um, it's like I I think about the lyric, and I'm I'm still thinking about a vocal melody. I guess I don't I don't just flatly say like um, that song is like a long way to go. I don't just say a long way to go. You know, <laughs> I don't, I'm not one of those people who has like tabs of lyrics. I, I always have, even when I come up with a lyric, it's kind of in a vocal melody. So, right? It comes up, so there's always some melody, I think, involved uh, that makes me kind of spring off from there. And um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if other people, I think a lot of people write that way. Mm -hmm. But some people I hear, like, um, some people write from titles. Like, I hear Sting, he writes from titles. Like, he'll make a title and then he'll make a song, which is like crazy to me. Like, I couldn't imagine how to do it. You know, I don't. Wait, like, us who come up with a song title yeah, first? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Really? Every breath you take, or whatever, right? Or whatever it is, you know. Uh -huh. It's just like you know, Roxanne. That's a song. I'm like, oh, I got it. Got a song. <laughs> we'll develop Roxanne wow, from crazy. just you know that one title because it'll give him an idea, a kind of a structure. And that, that works, I think, because songs essentially are structures, right? They're little structures you build, and um, yeah, well, that's that's you can build it on melody or lyric, I guess. But I don't know how to do the, the word part. Strangely, because I'm a writerly person, but I don't know how to do the word part. But as of right now, I, I, I when I write music, it's usually the lyrics first. Mm -hmm. But I think that's only because I come from a writing background. I think I, I just I'm trained that way. Yeah. To to think of, of of the words first, and so and I'm still new to this, so I'm still mm -hmm. developing my own. You I've, know, I've, like musical. I said, I mean, Sting does you know, and I'm, I've heard other people do lyrics first and then add on music later. Um, I mean, Elton John one time I saw him. He just read. He was like on a piano and he was reading a random book that somebody gave him. And he was singing the words over piano chords. And I'm like, I guess anything's possible. I didn't even think that could be possible. But <laughs> you can, if you're skilled enough <laughs> at putting it together, yeah. he was phrasing those words. He never saw those words before, phrasing them into melody lines, right? That's freaking amazing to me, you know? Uh, but yeah, to each his own. I mean, everybody has their own style. And however you get there, just make a good song. That's all I ask, you know? When I, I want people to make good songs, you know? I love... I love songwriting. You know? Well, I feel it goes back to the American dream. It's it, it's that years of preparation and practice. Yeah, that allows you to take to have yeah. these opportunities. Yeah, we and, all talk and, about and the Malcolm Gladwell thing, right? The ten thousand hours and stuff. 
Ten thousand, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, I would argue it doesn't have to be exactly ten thousand. Well, no, yeah. but, but but the point is, is that once you're you train your like in music, like in singing and, and songwriting, when you come upon a book, it's like that preparation has you ready to make something creative with whatever it is you're reading. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, know. yeah, totally, totally. I think uh, yeah, it, preparation is key to anything. Uh, um, and yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll sing a song or something at an open mic that I'm not really ready to sing. But even that is preparation, you know, because even that... I feel that's me every time. Yeah. Singing right. a song I'm not ready to sing. <laughs> but even that, right? But even that is building... Yeah. <laughs> even that is building something, right? You're still building a feel for that song in a live setting. Because I think it's totally different. Like when you're singing at home, that's why I noticed when I first started singing live like it's a whole different thing the energy you're getting from the crowd and just just being there in that moment is totally different and it changes the way you feel about that song i don't know for me like so uh so yeah i i think that it's can you describe the feeling uh it's crazy it's <laughs> it's absolutely crazy to me because like at home i'm just it feels i like the, i'm like oh, i like this song but when I don't know. There's points, and maybe I'm just like deluding myself. But there's points where I felt like I'm connected with a crowd or something, and and I'm like, I can't believe people care about this stuff. You know, it's just shocking to me that somebody and you feel like that, like somebody gets me. You know, um, and for somebody who's been isolated for a majority of his life, it's it's a pretty profound experience to feel like you're connecting with people you don't know. Yeah. So if growing up you feel like you've always been isolated? Uh I'm I'm just a, a little bit of a yeah, a shy person, I would say. Um I mean everyone I think everyone says I'm nice or whatever, but I don't know, I've always I'm always a kind of a distant person too at the same time. It's it's always a challenge for me. I try to be nice to everybody, but like at some point too I'm 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 I don't know, I just I don't really get close to people i guess do you yeah. feel has you always been like this since childhood or do you feel like yeah i think so i think i think so you know i think so. i've always i'm always the kind of person i've had like you know my my best friend i have now i've had uh, he's been my best friend since high school you know so i kind of have a couple key people that i think i'll just take through the rest of my life you know okay um so i don't know i'm just that kind of person maybe i'm not trusting i don't know <laughs> No, I, I think everybody's interesting. I, I yeah. think, I think, uh, yeah, everybody has their own story to tell. And yeah. pretty much, uh, at what point did you decide to pursue music on a serious level? Uh, I think, I think it was, uh, I don't know if you heard that song, If I Had You In My Life, but it's that song. That was the first song I wrote, right? So um, when I wrote that, I, I could, I'm, not, I'm pretty good at being self-critical, so... When I wrote that, I'm like, I really, this is a song I would like to listen to from somebody else, right? I just, so I knew it was good enough to pass that kind of test. I'd kind of tried to write other things, but they were all crap, right? Um, but that was the first song I wrote where I felt like, wow, I would love if John Mayer sang this or somebody else, right? Um, so I could I could hear that, that quality. And, and it was weird. I started, it just, it just got me to, you know, part of the reason why I did lose some weight or whatever, I kind of walked to Starbucks and I did this stuff and, and I kind of started meeting people that way. And just randomly, one of the baristas I met with, he, he, he like took me to his family and friends and I, I played that song for them and they really responded like, wow, that's a great song. You should keep writing. And it really kind of, because I didn't know these people at all. Right. And, uh, it gave me the kind of encouragement to say like, well, if again, random people that I don't really know and I've never met, 
can respond to music and maybe I should keep doing it. And that's kind of where it clicked, where I felt like, why not? You're not doing anything else. <laughs> you know? Now, you mentioned that your family were supportive. Yeah. Were they supportive from the beginning? Uh, yeah, they're, they're still, I mean, they're supportive. They just, I think after I lost my vision or whatever, I think they just want me to be happy. Okay. You know, I think it they was feel very, like like you did your part. Like you got very successful, and I think yeah, it's, maybe it's, they they know I can get there. I mean, maybe some of my my brothers or whatever still feel like I can I can go back and <laughs> you know redo that thing. And maybe I will at some point if I need money really, and, mm-hmm. and this is not doing it. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have uh, three brothers. I actually have a twin who passed away when we were like three days old, or maybe even a day old. I think. So, uh, and he's kind of a big inspiration in my life too. Uh, his name is Marco, my, my twin, and he's kind of piv- pivotal in my life in a way too. Cause you know, I think we all have these ghosts, you know, of maybe things we don't, you know, even understand, but they they linger, uh, and not in a haunting bad way, but I feel like in a very positive, well, inspirational tw- twins way. Twins have such a, a strong connection. Even yeah. after three days old, you feel like a part of him still lingers around you? I, I think so. Partially, just, you know, I was kind of told these stories. I mean, I have a really weird story because, like, uh, I was, we were born premature. And uh, when he passed away, I, you know, three months premature at 1980 was insane. I'm pretty old, by the way. <laughs> you know, you look very but, young, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you. But, uh, but yeah, so we were three months premature in the 80s, right? In 1980. And everyone thought we were going to die, basically. And so I, I was, I'm always told the story that when he died, my need for oxygen in the incubator was significantly reduced. And I don't know, maybe it was just naturally I got stronger. But there's always this kind of mythology that I kind of believe in that he sacrificed himself for me. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of where I came up with my own philosophy of a, a little bit of a kind of altruistic feel for life. Uh, not to say I'm actually altruistic and no one is and everyone is self-interested in some way, but I try to, to, to approach it from that aspect where I try to give to people if I can, you know. Uh, so I got that from him. And I think he's just been an inspiration in my life, um, you know, up until today. So. Hmm. And you're the youngest of your I'm the youngest, brothers? Yeah. You're, oh, you're the baby of the family. I'm the baby. Yeah, that's why they always make fun of me too because, like, you know, I, I always get protected, right? I don't, know, I, don't know if, I don't know if you can know what that is, but like, oh my God, I get so much crap from my my brothers because they're like, they're, they're totally rag on me because like, you know, as soon as they start making fun of me, my mom comes in, hey, you guys stop that, you know, I got to think. So, <laughs> I get that a lot. So, I like it. It's Anybody else in nice, your family musically nice inclined or, or creative? My, my, I should play you this after or whatever, but my, uh, I just recorded something from my dad. He's never really recorded stuff and, I'm not great at recording, but like, it was fun to just record him. Um, and I produced the uh, like an ABBA cover that he wanted to do. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you know that song, "I Have a Dream" by ABBA. Uh, uh, and it's I have a dream. Da, da, da. I don't, my pitch is horrible, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but that's the song. Well, well at least it's not Dancing Queen because if your dad was it's in Dancing ki- Queen, no, it's kind of like that though, the yeah. original version. Uh-huh. And like he has a but a very softer version, right? And I think it came out really beautiful. Uh, and I was able to help him record and produce that, right? I just at home, and he's so proud of it. And I just love that. And, and he's a wonderful voice. His voice is beautiful. You know, he plays guitar on it, and it's just beautiful stuff. And so, yeah, I, I have a musical heritage that I, I, I come from. And, and he always encouraged me to do music. Um, 
the weird thing is even when I was a kid I used to do kind of karaoke stuff because they would I was just you know the, one of those cute kids they tried or they, they thought I was cute I guess I mean <laughs> It seemed where I was probably a horrible troll, uh-huh. but uh, they would put me up on stage and in front of all their friends and all like I would be at these Filipino community events mm-hmm. and I would sing songs. Somebody probably has some VHS copy that's going to haunt me someday uh, of like me singing, I don't know, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond or something, you know, and uh, or You're Always on My Mind by uh, Willie Nelson. Um, and I would just sing on stage and they would give me like money. And I remember, like, I think I think my brothers would just try to get the money. Not to say that they're bad people, but <laughs> so so you weren't always shy then. I yeah, I mean, not to that respect, like not the singing. I don't think I was ever like um, I don't know. I, I felt like I've always had only a couple friends. I was never cool or anything, you know. Uh, who so, was? I was yeah, never exactly. Cool. I know yeah. I was never cool. I was like ten percent <laughs> of the population is cool. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> no, but but really, like I. In terms of performing, I think that's always been in me. But I got socialized into like I'm, I think I still remember this vaguely. I, there was like this episode of like I Love Lucy, or where somebody had stage fright or something, and I'm like, oh wait, this is not normal. You're supposed to be afraid of going in front of people, and I feel like that's kind of where for a while I stopped doing anything in front of people. I was so scared of people, you know, like doing something publicly, and I still don't like public speaking. Um, so that's the hard part of music is like getting over like when I first did for Scotty I was so nervous you know when I started doing open mic so nervous it was just panic attack in my head going on you know you're trying to hide it but it's a panic attack in your head and you, I don't know if you felt that but mm-hmm. you know it's it's tough uh, and you have to kind of get over that feeling if you're going to do obviously this kind of stuff you know and kind of just know that look even if you screw something up it's not the end of the world you know so your brothers, what do they do? My brothers, what do they do? Um, one has an agency, uh, a State Farm agency in Sassoon, which is kind of like in the East Bay, I guess. Um, really great. They're really successful, and I'm really happy for them. Um, uh, the other one, uh, there's one that works in, uh, is a manager at uh, Frito-Lay in Bakersfield. There's another one that also in Bakersfield, uh, where I come from. So the Valley, right? That's where I come from, the Central Valley. Or... So were you born and raised in Bakersfield? Yeah, Delano, Bakersfield. Oh, that's where Delano's so, at. I don't know where Delano yeah, was at. Sorry. Okay. It's okay, okay. Yeah, it's a kind of out of the way thing. So when did you move up here? When did I move here? Uh, I moved I moved here pretty recently. I moved here only a couple of years ago or something. Like two years ago, maybe. I assume you started playing music a couple of years ago too, right? I, I only started playing music, like in terms of learning to play guitar, probably been four or five years. Uh-huh. And songwriting has been two years. Oh, so wow. literally like, um, yeah, literally when I started doing Frascati, which was, was that about a year ago? I don't know. Probably the first time you saw me, it was like the first time I I did Frascati, uh, obviously. And, and that was like maybe a year ago or something. Did really? You, yeah. Did you start? When did you start doing comedy? About a year ago. I think it's probably the same time because okay. it was like uh, October, November-ish of, you know, when I started performing live. Really? Songs. I thought you were regular there because... No. Uh, you say you, you don't have many friends, but you were pretty popular. I see you talking, like a lot of people approaching you. I, so I was like, oh yeah, that guy must be a regular here. That's cool. I try... That's the thing is like, I know, you know, it's hard to succeed in any, especially creative something without you know kind of building community because you can't you're not gonna just like unless you get like a youtube hit or something you're not gonna just come out of nowhere 
you know, everybody, and this is probably true of anything, right? Everyone comes out of community. And I think if uh, I try to be part of a community and as much as I can, I'm just not good at it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I talk to people, but like, I feel like I, I just, I don't feel comfortable like going over to people's houses or, you know, doing the whole socializing. I'm, you know, you and time will decide you guys are really close and I love those guys, but like, I feel like, so like I'm, I'm imposing, you know, oh, they so. love you, man. <laughs> but it's just weird for me. Like, I and, saw, it, and it's funny you yeah. say that because I, I feel in some ways related. I feel yeah. I, I more like you where like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm very socially inept to be yeah. among no, I think musicians I, or any other talented I, people. I'm like, you know what's funny? You know what? like, I'll be quiet in the back and just, I think you know, we both have writerly brains. And when I, like even the first time I saw you, you're like, oh, that dude's like me. I just like, <laughs> I, I just got that sense. You like, just do it. I just got that sense. Like he's really cool, but it's like hard to get there. Like he's, <laughs> he's insecure. <laughs> yeah. Totally sure. insecure. He's like knocking everything down. I'm like, no, I'm not good enough. And it just takes a while to get through all the BS of like self doubt to yeah. get to the cool chewy center. <laughs> but but there's something it's like a tootsie pop. There's it's something. Like, <laughs> there's a notion you touched upon, where and I hear this a lot from comics, where this whole notion of self made being self made. I think that's bullshit because I, yeah, because because <laughs> you need a support system to yeah. be behind you. If it's not family, it has to be local. You know, you the musicians you play. Yeah, you, you know, and and. and because I've never heard of somebody completely being successful in the entertainment field by on their own. And if they say they did, I think it's bullshit. I find that hard to believe because it's it's really, in my opinion, a, a group effort. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, even in, in music, it's like, if I just play music for myself, I don't think I'll get any better. I need to hear music like, like you, like when you play, it's like, oh, you inspire me. It's like, wow, you're, you're awesome. And it's like, I, I want to get like at least one percent of that level where you are, Marty. And and, <laughs> and, and, and for me, and so like, that'll take like a month. That'll take like, <laughs> that'll be like about a month. You'll get there. It's not that far. It's not that far. Well, that, that's an example, you know. And 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 for Scotty and being around all these talented musicians, and yeah. there's other great open mics too. Yeah, yeah. But the idea is you have to get out there and meet these people. Yeah, I'm going see. to another one that Israel uh, Sanchez, I guess, is doing Friday Fridays. One. Yes, I'm going to Crema tonight. Nice. I like the way you say that. It's very, I can't roll my R's. I'm like oh. so bad. Grandma, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't got that. But uh, I'm going to go there and I try that open mic tonight, uh, hopefully. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely want to just meet all as many people and connect with them on music. And like even that song that uh, you're going to play on the podcast, Fences, I, I was able to get uh, Joe Robinson to uh, play drums on it. And that's amazing just to have somebody in the community helped me and played drums and it sounds really cool i mean i have a problem with music time so my my time is kind of off a lot of times i just don't play in time i don't know if you know what that means but like yeah, I, I do yeah, yeah. i'm the same way it's yeah. syncopation i think yeah and it's because i'm you know both of us just started to, me a little bit farther but you know we just started with this stuff so well, i think you need time I, to really get i think you said it earlier where we play with feelings yeah, because with feel, yeah. I don't know about you but I don't feel like I'm uh, uh, trained very well yet no. in timing <laughs> I'm not or, or classically trained in music I feel the same way so so I, I'm more approaching through feelings and because we go through feelings it's like jazz you go offbeat or something like that yeah it's and, and to some totally th- offbeat my mind I'm not saying you but me I'm totally offbeat too and <laughs> and, and uh, jamming with people some people are, are really inept in timing that they get annoyed when you go offbeat a bit yeah and then yeah. they but that's the kind of thing you know because you know 
there is feel is an important thing. So I think I, I got that down. I'm really good at putting emotion on the table, like I said, but I need to get my craft better, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just technical things. Comedy, same way, right? Where oh, yeah. you can get a joke really good. To make it better, you time it, right? You right. get into the little cracks of a joke, right? It, it's and not, if it, you just move it, shift it a little, like I heard Seinfeld talking about this, or if you just move a joke a little bit, it just hits the audience a certain way. And I think it's true about all, like even music is like, if you get the time right, it's even better. Right? It, it, there's a misconception uh, for comedians as saying, what you say is funny. It's like, yeah. to a certain point, it's yeah, yeah. how you say it, the words you choose to say it, yeah. you know you, 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 to really make a, a set or, yeah. or a joke better you really gotta consider these things you can't be like oh if I put I don't know dick in the end or something it's like no well, that, that works uh, a lot of times though right? <laughs> there's a dick factor in jokes and a like F fact like you know any kind of cursing is a good exclamation point well, well, even, you know it's like <laughs> well, exactly it's, like, it's how you're gonna say it yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying yeah. uh, and, and, and I yeah, I can relate it to music in some ways. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. sometimes, no, I mean, sometimes, sometimes actually, it, it takes a small pause or a big pause. Sometimes it takes a certain word, a certain, a, a certain expression you make on stage that that, that, that gives that extra yeah. pizzazz to that joke. <laughs> pizzazz. <Yeah. laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe pizzazz. You know, like <laughs> I think that was my theater background <laughs> exactly. coming coming out. But uh, I put jazz, I, I, it's funny because I think I put my jazz fingers as I did it. Nice, nice. I'm embarrassed. No, no. You have done that in front of you, Marty. No, but it's that's cool. But I think you know what it is like. Cursing and comedy is like big notes in like singing or something like that, right? So you can curse a lot in comedy, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, your ear gets tired of it, and you're like, eh, "What do you got to say?" Right? Right. But at first, it's kind of fun. It's energy. It's good energy, right? But at some point, it just becomes a little tiresome, and that's a balance in music. I think some people just sing big they play really complicated or whatever but you know at some point you have to have a balance where there are points where things rise things were fall you know and i think that's a, a natural story story arc right there's climax and all these kind of resolution and i think it occurs all over the place i mean people i think love structure and the kind of symmetry of life and i think that's what art tries to do it tries to kind of approach those symmetries and kind of play it back to you you know, whether it's comedy, music, art, whatever. There's you know. always a pattern. Yeah. No matter how, even chaos has a pattern to it, I feel. Yeah. You know. Probably. Yeah. Well, it's probably some kind of programmer up there doing all of it. It's like, you know, I'm hearing all this stuff about like how maybe the universe is like programmed and it's like all math and uh, we're all kind of like Sims down here. You know, so maybe, you know, maybe that's what, you know, we think of God as a very, uh, a kind of a spiritual thing of, but maybe it's really just kind of math who knows you know I don't know you know well yeah e- even in math patterns, the, you know? even the chaos of numbers there's some pattern patterns into it. Yeah. and the thing about the universe is we really uh, the way the media perceives how much we know about the, the universe is actually very marginal to what <laughs> reality is you know we still can't really define uh, a certain amount of gravity in our own solar system, you know, stuff like that. So, so you know, <laughs> yeah, I have re- like I I, wa- I listen to that podcast. Sorry, another podcast I listen to is uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on Star Starcast or something. Star Talk, yeah, yeah, Star Talk, and it's a great podcast because they just talk about this kind of stuff about like what is the universe and and yeah, I mean, we don't really know what really we don't know what gravity is, you know, we don't know. So it's really interesting all these concepts of there's a lot of things that are unknown, and I think that's why again that's why art is very comforting to people because there's a sense of 
of kind of exploratory function of it, right? It kind of gives you that space to explore all these concepts, especially, of course, human concepts of, you know, our, our life, you know, so. Hmm. All right. So to someone who's starting off in music, <laughs> what would be your, your uh, tips or your advice for them? I want to ask them questions too. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get that person here? I would like to ask them some questions. Uh, it could be a listener. I need, it could be I a, need some help. It, I need it, some, it could be a listener who's always thought of yeah. doing music, but you know. I need I need some help uh, on that same thing. So if you have any information, go ahead and email me and Facebook me uh, because I'm just as curious as you are. We're both in the same boat. So, um, but frankly, uh, people who are just starting out, you know, I would say just play what feels good you know play um songs you like you know play songs you like that aren't so hard to <laughs> that's what they you know don't try to do stairway to heaven first try you're not gonna do it you know it's not gonna happen i can't do it i still can't so i just you can't go don't go for the hardest thing go for something you can do and just keep getting better you know or maybe even if you're gonna do something really hard make it simple first make a simple version just a chord strumming version or sing a simple way if you, if you want to sing like Whitney Houston well kind of under sing it and then get there you know mm -hmm. kind of work on your pitch as you go you know that's the thing is like uh, that's kind of like me and my songs like the I had the first early recordings of these songs and these are still rough recordings I want to have online and they're just demos or whatever but like the early recordings I would under sing what was in my head because I couldn't get there and now I can kind of get there it's still not great but I can kind of get there so I'm kind of improved a little bit and that's what you'll find is as long as you don't quit, you know, you're you're only dead when you're dead, right? Kind of thing, you know. And as long as you don't quit on yourself, you, there's, it's still possible for you to grow, you know. Where can people find your stuff, Marty? Uh, I'm on SoundCloud. Uh, so Marty Morello, Marty like Marty Gras, except for less, I'm less fun, I like to say. Uh, Morello, M-O-R-I-L-L-O. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all over like uh, Facebook too and the Frascati page. I love those people and... So I'm on Facebook or that, or just martymorello.com. I have a website too that's uh, kind of like a blog too. So I'm available if people are curious at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Marty, we hit at that one hour mark. Thank you for coming. All right. And uh, I think you have a song to play for us, right? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, play the music, Maestro. All right. Yeah, so the song I'm going to do uh, is called Runaway. It's one of my favorite songs that I've made. Of, um, in my opinion and I, I i like it because i really feel like we're all trying to change our lives some, at some point but it's sometimes it's difficult and we have something holding us back in a way so that's what this song is about so. woke up today no i got Feeling something new across the bay. I'm in this room. I'm looking at these ones. I'm dreaming that they fall, fall away. So reach out my arms to the morning line. No, I gotta find another. So I will run away, I will run away Unless you want me to stay I 
So how will you run away? How will you run away? Don't you call out my name? So how will you run away? How will you run away? You know it's best. It's best this way. It's best this way. Think of the night and the times we had. I wish them all back when the past is past. But I just feel your trace all around this place, and I can't escape the memories. So how we run away? Something new across the bay.